Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at Hogshaven.com, at Hogshaven on Twitter, and on Facebook. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. Um, 3 and one man. Ron Rivera and crew. Um, since the month of December, uh, losing to the Browns today, twenty-four to ten. Uh, in a game that was just out outright awful. <laughs> um, your quarterback, your new, your your old new quarterback, however you want to phrase that, comes back into the lineup, throws three picks, two in the first quarter. Um, your your defense was getting gashed uh, in the second half, allowed twenty one second half points. Um, this is also a situation with that defense where they gave up um, what 30 second half points to the Niners. Um, So things are going downhill, downhill quickly, uh, especially downhill defensively without um, Cameron curl. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice is out today. Amari Cooper had two big catches, uh, three, sorry, let me be clear. Three big catches. I forgot the last one was a touchdown as well. Um, three big catches on his only three receptions. Uh, he broke the, he broke the floodgates open for, for, for the, uh, the, the Browns in that second half. Um, and yeah, your, your coaching staff and, and Ron Rivera didn't know that he could get eliminated today. Yes. Rivera didn't know that he could get eliminated from the playoffs today. Um, and to be clear, matter of fact, let's play it first. And I'll, I'll let me double back after that. I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and play it first. Y'all can hear it and, and see and see if you see what I hear. To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. All right. I had to play it twice. Um, just, just so you all can hear it twice, 
in back to, in, in succession just if you didn't think you heard it right the first time um again i don't i don't know if he was being sarcastic or not uh because ron has these moments where like deflection is his biggest thing and not focusing on what what really is important like when he has to speak to the media um and like i thought this was a moment where ron looked at this this question by uh grant paulson who as as a moment to to really take a shot at them or or being be an asshole like a sarcastic asshole in that moment and i think he thought that was a good idea or he genuinely didn't know but you know what the point is right either route that you took as the head coach for the Washington Commanders in a situation where you have not won a game in four attempts in a situation where you started off the month of December seven five and one that is two things it is a fireable offense in any stable organization and is a fireable offense this is the second part it's a fireable offense because it actually surmises what today was for the washington commanders it it is a team who clearly lacked urgency who didn't understand the situation who didn't understand who, who operated like they didn't understand what was going on i mean your your quarterback um carson wentz came out again like i said through three picks right two in the first quarter but your quarterback came out uh and the, the issue with him early on was that um, he was holding on the ball a little bit too long because he didn't know where to go with the football. Uh, like he couldn't, he wasn't picking up the offense quick enough. He ended up taking a lot of sacks, right? Mind you, he had three sacks on today, uh, and those three really wasn't on him, as far as I can tell. Uh, watching the game, I, I guess I'll watch the tape and see, you know, if any of those three were on him. Like, like it really matters. It doesn't matter um, anymore. <laughs> but back to the point, your 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 head coach either is being sarcastic or didn't know but either way is not showing the sense of urgency in his comments in his comments and it it follows a game where your offense looked uninspired and and truthfully speaking when you're asking like the difference in the, between Heineke and, and Carson Wentz that doesn't matter they both suck and there's one thing that I, I want to pass off to as well I want people to understand uh, immediately after this game is finished People say that Carson Wentz is a disaster. Yes, three turnovers does not help your offense. Three turnovers does not help your team. It lets your team down, right? But these, like, the the, the amount of luck that Taylor, Taylor Heineke has compared to Carson Wentz, like, Heineke throws passes just as bad as Carson in terms of, like, the interceptions. They just don't get picked off. His gets dropped. So trust and believe this is not a very good outing for Carson Wentz. He may have very well played himself out of the league after this one performance in your first day back that if nobody was convinced, like he said in the in the beginning of the game, um, heading into the game, that he has felt as healthy as he's ever been in the month of December. So there was nothing about Russ. There was nothing about him being hurt in this game, right? So to that point, um, for him to come back and Ron Rivera to bank on him because you believe that you needed a change and you needed an increase in in in, in production offensively, right? scoring in the red zone um, for all of that to be a, a legitimate question and your quarterback come out and, and let your, let your team down the way that he did. Um, that's indicative of the decisions that the head coach has made from the off season and in the, the, the regular season, right. I'm um, in a, in a big spot. 
Um, I, I just think that the the lack of urgency and the lack of uh, like situational awareness like showed itself from a macro standpoint. And and I think the conversation about Carson Wentz uh, is going to be loud this this week. Um, I think we all know the answer in that he's not supposed he's not going to be the answer for Washington. Um, and that shouldn't be a conversation, right? He's not even going to be a bridge answer for Washington. That shouldn't be a conversation. Like all of those things are real, but don't let the fact that this coaching staff has seriously dropped the ball from a coaching perspective. That's not a Carson Wentz thing. That's it's, it's beyond Carson. And, and, and that's kind of where I, I, I want to start things off. Um, I just got done with the Chopper Dive podcast and AJ and I had this conversation. I want people to know that, you know, the conversation of um, Carson Wentz should be a, a conversation. Like you should talk about how bad he was. You should talk about uh, the fact that some of his passes were so bad to the to the running backs in the flat and sailed so high that you thought the passes were deflected. And And when you look at the replay, you realize that no defensive lineman has hit the ball. So how did the how did the ball just go completely out of bounds? Like those are <laughs> those are real conversations that you should have. Like how are you forcing a ball downfield to Curtis Samuel on third and six when your check down is wide open at the sticks? They're playing a soft cover too. No, that's a real conversation. But my thing is with this coaching staff, and I circle back to it right the, the conversation. Um, I, I had said this on Twitter that I, I think coaching, like I think the coaches' mental makeup in big moments or games are just as big as their players' uh, mental makeup in big moments or, or or games. Like we think about um opportunities that players have for redemption. Carson Wentz, matter of fact, how do you play in your biggest spots? Right, this is a redemption moment for Carson Wentz who dropped the ball out the gate in his situation. Right. Um, you think about how uh, other teams and other and other players, Justin Herbert in a winner winner go home game uh, last year. Like, how does he perform, right? Uh, and and in in a situation where you have to have it, how do you how do you come through? Um, you think about other moments throughout the years in in those week six. Tony Romo, he's always had those winning in situations or those go big or go home games. Um, and and like he was known for dropping the ball then. Peyton Manning against the Patriots. How does he perform in some of those bigger spots? He dropped the ball for for a long period of time up until you know he over he he got over the hump. We talk about those players in big moments and big games, but what about your coaching staff? What about how they perform in the midst of those situations too? Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, Jack Del Rio, like how do you put your play, people in positions to win? How do you what call, what play calls do you do you come up with or or do you call for a certain particular situation? That first two, the first two drives for Washington, like the fourth and one, you run a pitch on fourth and one when you had Brian Robinson in your backfield. North-South, you were eating them up. And you run a pitch when all you needed was a yard and you got Carson Wentz back there now. You could even ran a sneak. You saw what happened in fourth and goal. They ran a sneak. Carson Wentz got the touchdown. Now you're in a situation, fourth and one early in the game, you have an opportunity to go north-south, right? 
and you run a pitch that gets strapped. You lose four yards on a pitch, like by design, the, the design of a pitch. You lose like three or four yards just to gain some yards. And while granted, like I, I do think that they've had some success with Antonio Gibson on pitches throughout the season um, and those tall cracks, right? I think that they always had success. So I'm not going to like, talk about the play itself, but on fourth and one, um, you lose three yards to gain one, to gain at least one when you could just go north-south. Like the, the, the coaching staff is tricking themselves and in, in, in trying to out, outsmart themselves when sometimes the answers could be simpler than you think or simpler than you thought. Like all of those situations for Washington, um, when you think about not just the players, you think about how the coaches' mental makeup are in, in big moments or games. How do, how do they come through and how do they deliver for their for their team? How do they put their team in, in, in positions to win, right? Of course, there were some reads that Carson Wentz missed from a pass game standpoint, and that's one aspect of it. But when you're not utilizing – like there was a moment before Brian, Brian Robinson started toting, right? Um, probably like the first two games – I mean, excuse me, first two, first two drives where you're wondering why is there so much um, Jonathan Williams – uh, in, in moments that, that needed that interior rusher, the person who can really eat in between the tackles. Now, again, like I said, he ended up towing. They ended up finding him and, and using him to carry. At one point, he had four straight carries, um, and he had success on all, all four of those runs. But that's that's kind of where I'm at with Scott Turner. Like, you you think um, you think that, you know, they, they can finally get past the point of being confused um, or, or or not showing up in, in big spots and in and time and time again like they 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 really don't come through like I, I it's and, and again while I'm talking about this it's hard to really sit here like I'm not gonna the Eagles game in 2020 right yeah they won um and they they clinched the playoff berth with that win but like you can't deny the fact that Washington uh, was hanging on by a thread until they took Jalen Hurts out, I believe. Yeah, they took Jalen Hurts out the game. They were hanging on by a thread in that game. They took Jalen Hurts out. Washington ends up winning. Right? And even in that season, you went 7-9. and nine. That division was terrible. You went 7-9 and nine in that season. And you didn't win out down the stretch. You lost to Carolina. I believe you lost to Seattle, too. It's not like you won out. You took some losses down the stretch. Um, and, and then last year, you start off two and six. And then you have to win four straight just to make yourself 500. And then after that, you lose uh, four straight. <laughs> you lose four straight. Um, so, yeah, like, and, and then obviously this week, I mean, this year, you see it um, seven, five, and one. And, and then you find a way to lose or, or, lose two straight and and go uh oh three and one in your last four so you understand like the the fact that the urgency isn't there from these guys they're not locked in from the coaching staff that hurts your team just as much and when everybody isn't locked in from the coaches to the players you get a result in 24 to 10 uh from uh the cleveland browns beating the washington commanders uh, in a game that like the floodgates again just opened up in that second half in terms of scoring um that's just that's just not that's just not good ball that's not good ball that's losing football 
Um, that is a situation where you look at um, this this coaching staff again, like I talked about in the beginning, where you're asking, like, think about the, the uh, before I even get back to the, like the the players, Logan Thomas. Um, why are you hurdling down two scores, five minutes left on the clock? Time is of the essence. You have to save as much clock as you can, and you you try to hurdle a defender, and you look terrible doing it. It wasn't close to being successful. Um, and uh, instead of going out of bounds after the catch, did you did you not understand the situation? Did you or did you not care that you know you needed to preserve time? Get out of bounds. What 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 would the hurdle have done for you in that moment, knowing that his team was going to rally and tackle you the moment you got you got back on your feet if you landed? You weren't that close or uh, that far away from the nearest defender. Get out of bounds. Terry McLaurin, two catches, 25 yards. That's not a criticism on him, but it's like um, the, the lack of involvement. Uh, that's either through uh, the, the the play caller and Scott Turner or the fact that Carson Wentz couldn't, couldn't connect with him. So, like, you think about these things, like, what is important to you in your biggest moments of the game or, or your biggest your biggest game of the season, right? What is important to you? How do you have to execute? How do you be yourself? And the fact that they were struggling just to find um, consistency in anything is is a problem. It's a problem. Um, Ron Rivera said that he's going to evaluate the quarterback position. Uh, he said that post game, and then in, in terms of like the last game of the season, and again when we talk about his response about being eliminated, uh, he didn't know that. Or again, he he may have been sarcastic. But to the point of him evaluating the quarterback position and seeing uh, what uh, what he can do for that last game, whether he's going back to Taylor or Wentz, is just like it's, it's a desperation move at this point. Um, neither one of those quarterbacks are good enough. Uh, neither one of those quarterbacks can really save the season. A uh, season has been on a decline, and and ultimately, uh, when when all those things are realized from a coaching staff from the coaching staff which they may not realize it they may continue to like deflect um and 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 not have that accountability in a in a loss that was so catastrophic not from just a uh we're not talking about playoffs here we're talking something larger than it right um cuz again like a loss like this and a collapse like this uh for a coach who has not had a winning season in Washington um for uh, like they're not going to have a winning season again. They didn't have one last year. They didn't have one a year before. Um, they have not had a winning season under Ron Rivera at all. And for them to really uh, see Ron Rivera falter down the stretch, if this was a stable organization where that wasn't going through an ownership change, Ron Rivera may end up understanding that, I'm assuming Dan Snyder or the owner may end up understanding that, that his time is up. But, you know, there's that. There's one thing that I said, too, just to add on to the conversation, um, and, and it sure sounds like I'm piling on Ron. Uh, there's legitimate questions about him, but I, I think when you think about this conversation that I'm about to talk about, I talked about this probably after the Eagles loss. Um, If it wasn't the Eagles loss, let me double check. It may have been that was 2021. Who did they lose to? I think it was the Titans game. Um, yeah, I think it was the Titans game. I had said that, you know, one at one and four, Ron Rivera is going to get this team on a stretch where 
you're thinking that playoffs is possible. You're thinking that this team is actually good. They're just missing a couple pieces. Hey, we just need a quarterback, and this team is all set. And side note, um, they do need a quarterback, but the point that I'm making is of the coaching staff. Like, I think you have seen too much evidence at this point that there is inherent flaws with this staff that will continue to hinder um, the ability to, to really take this thing to the next level. Um, but but back to my point, um, you may think that this team is only a piece away. They only need a couple pieces and, and all things are, you know, good for Ron Rivera and company. And, and all of a sudden you're in favor of Ron Rivera. You're here for Ron Rivera, right? Um, and, and ultimately, uh, the, the, the point is don't let that be the distraction. Don't let, don't allow a good run to get in the way of long-term thinking. And ultimately, what's going on right now. And, and this is actually part of the conversation that I had said, if you all listened to the last podcast, that I was saving it um, for a moment in which it matters because I didn't want to be negative in that light, um, knowing that there was a playoff race at stake. But like, it was a, it was a real conversation from me. And, and if you all remember that moment that I'm bringing up, this is, this is that conversation. Um, But yeah, like he would go on a run. He would, he would con- try to convince you through the play and through the, the surge that he brings that, you know, Ron isn't, uh, or Ron is could be the guy for this job. He is the guy for this job, and 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 that um, he just needs a couple pieces. But ultimately, uh, this the way in which that they're going down the stretch is probably the the realization that um, this team um, losing o three and one, going o three and one with just one game left in the Dallas Cowboys, um, going down the stretch like in that manner is the team that you've seen all season. Inconsistent, bad offense, um, and they are a shell of themselves they don't have cam curl uh out there defensively um now without cam curl because the cleveland browns offense isn't clicking on all cylinders yet uh you did just allow 20 points today or 20 what was it 24 points excuse me today right um but you're giving up 31 points per game with with cam curl out of the lineup so now due to average after today's game of 24 um, but they're allowing so many points with with Cam Crow out of the lineup defensively. Um, and it continues to trend in a negative in a negative way after that defense was uh getting gashed um in that second half. And, and truthfully speaking, they could have put up 30 on this defense if it wasn't for um some some bad play calling in the red zone for the Cleveland Browns. Um so yeah, that that is kind of the, the the moment. And and that we that some people may not have wanted to, you know, like deal with, but this is not um a situation where you look at Rob Rivera and you look at this Washington Commanders team. Again, this is a talented team. I, I truly believe that uh in 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 the right in, in most of the right places, right? Um you gotta upgrade the biggest, the biggest place of all. Uh you gotta find something, a stable solution in the biggest in the biggest position of all of them um you got to improve that offensive line uh so like the talent is there like it's still building like they are a close football team to like to to really finding itself from a roster standpoint but you got to do you got to think big picture you got to think a little bit bigger than just the players themselves it's not always just the players the players aren't going to be able to save uh, them save 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 a team from bad coaching all the time and 
again, like they aren't terrible coaches, Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, et cetera. Um, Jack Del Rio, I'm, I'm really genuinely okay with. Um, I don't think that he's a bad coach, but um, you, you know, you, you are a little bit limited when your your secondary is already thin and you're not playing with Benjamin St. Juice and Cam Curl out there to really help you, help you out. Like that's major. Um, so yes, long-term thinking is, is the bigger deal. Um, we're right back where we started, <laughs> um, after like heading into that Chicago game, we're right back where we started in terms of conversationally speaking. Sure. Washington is still in the bid for playoffs as we're currently recording because the Packers are playing the Vikings and, and they're actually currently up 14 to three as I'm recording this. So, um, Washington may, may be out of their misery, uh, pretty much before the night's in, but yeah, that's where we are, man. Um, that's where we are. There's not much else to talk about today. Uh, not the immediate post game. Um, I got my, my quick takes out of the way. Uh, happy new year to everybody. I should have started out the podcast by saying that because that's the more positive thing. I'm, I'm happy. Everybody, uh, hopefully everybody is healthy. Hopefully everybody is safe after, um, you know, new year's Eve. I hope everybody is safe. And, uh, if you did turn up like your boy, um, I hope you all made it home safely as well. And, uh, was able to, you know, have a uh, bring in the new year with, with the people that you wanted to bring it in with. So yes, uh, y'all be safe. Take it easy. We'll be back on Wednesday um, with further conversation uh, about this team, the Washington Commanders. I'm not going to. Oh, by the way, that that mascot. Um, what a way to bring it in to bring Joe Gibbs in. Um, some of the hogs, the original hogs, and the hog mascot in and and lose. <laughs> See y'all later, man. Peace.